if you think about your advocacy kind of in that space of a power of an invite of, hey, I'm worried about the speeding in this neighborhood. Would you like to help me <laughs> address that? Right. Or, hey, I'd like to go on a walk. Would you like to go with me or a bike ride? And that can open up a connection. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 190 of Life in Motion. I've got Gene with me from the Bicycle Coalition of Maine. They've been making Maine safer and better to bike, walk, and roll since 1992. I'm excited to hear her story and the impact they're making on the community. Jean, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to kind of dive into everything you do, especially with such a um, a long history. Uh, I was born in, in 91, so only a year younger than, uh, than I've been around. So uh, that's pretty awesome. But before we do that, let's kind of start with... Um, you know, sort of your background, your origin story, you know, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Sort of how did you kind of get involved in the first place or the, or the path that brought you here? Yeah, I, well, I grew up in Colorado uh, and I moved to the East Coast kind of after, after college. But in, in college, I, I think is where I really started to be uh, an activist and get more involved in environmental issues, um, get out the vote work uh, and, and engaging in all the fun ways you can on, um, uh, I was at the University of Colorado in Boulder. Uh, so lots of lots of opportunities to connect and engage and learn and get involved. And that really sparked my interest in advocacy work. And so most of my career has spent um, in nonprofits and primarily working on climate change and clean energy issues, but across a fairly wide spectrum did work with students running Get Out the Vote or Clean Energy campaigns. Um, I've done workshops for scientists on how to communicate with elected officials to help inform our policymaking. I've done work on countering climate disinformation and sort of a whole range of things. And now I'm up in Maine at the Bicycle Coalition, uh, as you mentioned, sort of working to make Maine better and safer for, um, for people biking and walking up here. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you know, obviously going going to school in Colorado and, and growing up in that area, obviously there's um, no lack of the outdoors. Um, and of course, some of the things that you mentioned kind of the, from the advocacy side of things um, are, are super important and, and have kind of frequently kind of been highlighted in that sense. But so my question for you there is, did that interest, like where did that interest come from? Was it, was it kind of part of being in an area that, you know, has plenty of outdoor activity, beautiful space, um, that kind of stuff? Or like, is that kind of what sparked that, I guess, that um, that that mission, that internal mission, if you will, to kind of pursue that? Yeah, I think, you know, I grew up in a fairly privileged space where I had a lot of access to outdoor and community there. Um, you know, my family, we would do um, did a lot of camping growing up when I was a kid. And then my dad and I would do a lot of bike riding together. And there is a little bit of ethos, I think, in Colorado, similar to Maine. 
um, that the outdoors is part of our our world and you find ways to engage with it um, without even trying. So sometimes it's just <laughs> there for you uh, and being able to access that if you have that ability to do it. So it's always been outdoor activity has always been part of, of my life and something I've really highly valued. Um, and I grew up and, you know, the biking piece of it sort of what brought me to the Bicycle Coalition. I mostly did mountain biking in Colorado, um, but I moved to the East Coast of the Boston area. And that's where I really began road riding and bike commuting and where I learned that you can use a bike for transportation, not simply for fun, but you obviously you could do it for both. But that that really opened my eyes up of the opportunity to be able to move around in a different way that's that's outside of a car and that's that's something that's really important to me yeah and that makes sense because you know in, in that sense from uh, looking at it from a uh, transportation or a mode of transportation um you know obviously that helps the environment in that way it helps you get some exercise but also less stuff going in, into the air with cars and whatnot so um so so when you when you moved out to to maine i guess what, what were like the big like was there you know, kind of, uh, honestly, I've never been to either places, but what were like some of like the biggest like differences, I guess, I guess, as far as like settling in, you know, you know, halfway across the country, uh, essentially, um, in that and kind of getting kind of acclimated to, to the area. Well, as I said, I moved to the, the Boston area sort of after college and, you know, that's where I became to really love the East Coast, which not a thing I was expecting uh, growing <laughs> up in the middle in the middle of the country. Um, but I would visit up here in Maine a lot, and I really just fell in love with it. it. It's so beautiful. The people here are so welcoming, and it's a really, the pace of life here is something I really enjoy too. So it's, it is, I found it really easy to live out in this part of the country um, and very welcoming and very fun. And being able to access the outdoors uh, whether it be biking, I started kayaking when I moved up here, um, skiing, cross-country skiing in particular, uh, you know, leaning into that a bit. There's just so many opportunities to connect and be outside and find your community. And that was really welcoming to, to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and so many different places. Like I said, I, I, uh, they're definitely on my, my local bucket list as far as traveling go once the, uh, it makes it a little easier to travel with the young kids that I have now, but, Thanks. um, obviously heard nothing but, but great things about, about both locations, but it's, it's cool that you kind of found your, your little, uh, your home there in a sense, even though you thought it might be unexpected initially. So, um, so, so, you know, you, you get out to the East coast, you kind of fall in love, um, with that, start looking at biking in a different way. And then, um, you know, I, I guess, um, what is the, what is the story of the bicycle coalition and kind of where, where those opportunities kind of, you know, actually happened? Yeah, I moved up to Maine, um, in 2016 and was, I had, I, I knew a couple of people had some friends. I was looking to really build, you know, more community, make more, make more friends, make more connections, get involved locally. And I, I forget exactly how I ran across the Bicycle Coalition, but I did a couple of bike rides with them. I was volunteering and it's just an organization that was um, doing really cool work. And as I, I'd been doing national and international climate policy for about 20 years, and I was ready for something at a little more local level. Uh, something maybe a little more tangible. <laughs> um, international <laughs> climate policy doesn't give you a lot of wins or things to grab onto. And I love the idea of being able to bring my skills as an advocate to 
the biking world up here and particularly biking as transportation. Um, you know, I often get asked in my role here, what's, what's my favorite bike ride? And the answer is biking to work, <laughs> biking to <laughs> my friend's house, biking to a restaurant. Like I love biking as a way to move around. Uh, and even in a place that Maine that you think of as rural and big and snowy, which it is right now, uh, it's still really a, a, a viable way to get around, you know, kind of depending on where you are. But um, it's I love the idea of being able to move that way to embed movement and exercise into my transportation. And I just love the way a bike or walk or even a kayak lets you connect to your community and what's around you at a human pace, which you just can't do when you're in a car, right? Um, You know, you get to see that little fun shop that you want to pop into or a little cute park that you want to see or or area that's that's problematic that you're like oh this is a mess we got to make this better um, but you get to really connect with your community so I really love being able to to bike as a way of transportation and so the when the opportunity opened up to work at the bicycle coalition and be able to do that um, as a job I mean who doesn't want a job where part of it is you have to go ride a bike um, <laughs> it's it was pretty great yeah. <laughs> That, that's awesome. And, and, you know, I, I love your points there you made as far as like the transportation aspect of it, because, you know, you're right, things kind of, you know, you have the opportunity to kind of slow down, kind of take in your environment a little bit more than you can. You're not, you know, worried about uh, looking at that shop that you mentioned, but then rear, rear, rear ending somebody um, at the same time. Um, so, so that's really cool. And actually, that reminds me a little bit, um, you know, where I'm at now in life and where we actually live, that's not really um, as accessible, but definitely in my um, college years in, in Richmond, Virginia, uh, that was, you know, always, always good to, you know, go out, go out to eat, go to class, that kind of stuff, and just kind of take, you know, the, the bicycle cruise there. Um, so, it, so I do miss that. Um, but that's cool. So, and, and it sounds like, you know, kind of all aligned cause you, you know, you found, found the community, you had the, the means of transportation and the advocacy side of things. Um, now did you, did you start off kind of at a, at a lower, um, capacity, I guess, with the coalition or, or how did that, um, I guess, how did that progress? I came in as the executive director. Okay. Uh, so you jumped right in. Okay. But I jumped, I jumped right in and <laughs> Why did I jump right in? Because I started my job two weeks before COVID shut everything down. Uh, so my big plans of um, getting around the state immediately <laughs> were kind of put on hold. And we had to rethink a lot of the work that we were doing. You know, we hold a lot of in-person events and education and skills building and bike rides. Um, and like everybody else, COVID uh, forced us to rethink every way we were doing our work. Um, so it's been a interesting, challenging, and very fun, you know, four years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of organizations that I speak with, you know, they, it was either kind of similar, they, tr- they transitioned into a, um, a, a different role within a, their nonprofit, or it just kind of got started around around that time. Um, so definitely, you know, some some twists and turns that come along with that. But it sounds like, you know, for the most part, um, I don't want to say benefit because of the situation, but, you know, it, it helps kind of open up, you know, Hey, how, how are we going to still kind of follow through our mission, even though we had these limitations. So a little more kind of outside of the box thinking, um, you know, up until the point where, where things kind of got back to normal. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you were able to kind of, uh, you know, go through that 
especially being brand new, but obviously navigate it to where, you know, you're, you're still uh, doing, doing awesome things today. So, so with that, you know, looking at your, uh, the website and everything like that, it seems like there are multiple different kind of um, programs or initiatives or, or however you want to describe them um, that you all do. You know, you mentioned when you first started, you wanted to, you know, you had a, a plan to go go around the, the state that that didn't happen for that initially. But what are some of those kind of specific things that you all are um, focusing on in that regard? So those are three major pieces of the Bicycle Coalition of Maine's work, and we work all over the state. And you know, Maine is a low population, but a very large state. So it's a lot to cover. But we do education. We teach thousands of people every year, kids and adults, traffic safety education and on bike skills. And one of our major goals there is to inspire people to you know, bike more for fun and for transportation, uh, but really allow folks to access that education resource to understand how to share the road, how to be safe um, and build your skills so you can be confident and get out there. We do advocacy and we do this at the local, state and national level. We have a network of local advocates that we call our community spokes. Uh, And these are folks all over the state who are interested in making their community safer for biking and for walking. So we provide the training and ongoing support to help them make change on a very local level. Um, So, you know, we wouldn't be able to do that across everywhere, but connecting with folks who are really passionate about the issues you know, putting in a sidewalk, putting in a crosswalk or bike lane, or even building a multi-use trail, um, or simply maintaining the infrastructure, (laughs) you know, providing all this support and guidance for folks so they can really be effective in their local community. Um, It's certainly one of the programs I'm I'm most inspired by at BCM. It's just really exciting to see people who care and want to provide or want to make a difference in, in what we can do to really support them. And the third thing is we host rides and events, uh, you know, enjoy this incredible state by pedal. Maine is a really, really wonderful place to, to do a bike ride, whether you're um, a road rider, gravel rider, mountain biker, uh, fat tight fat tire biker, whatever it might be, there's a lot of opportunity. So we host events um, to gather and connect and share our, um, share our love for, for this sport and this activity. I would say, you know, following you know, since I've been here, the other layer that's that's putting on all of those different aspects is really thinking about inclusivity. Cycling is not always the most inclusive or welcoming sport or space. Um, I know I've had some pretty unpleasant experiences with um, group riding, um, and I've also had some really wonderful experiences with group riding, but it's like so many things, it can be a little challenging to break a culture um, that can be a little narrow or a little harder to connect to or feel really welcome into. So we're always looking for ways to make this more accessible for folks. Um, You know, we believe certainly everyone should have the ability to walk safely in their neighborhood or where they need to go to get to work or to get to school or to to get to a grocery store. but also we want as many people as possible to be able to have the joy of getting on a bike and being able to experience that. So there's a lot of layers to our work, but we, um, you know, we're eager to connect with folks all across the state and, and build that confidence, build those skills, build that inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like kind of all those kind of, um, you know, complement each other in, in their own way, kind of as far as like the specific, 
the specific areas. So when it comes to, you know, you mentioned um, kind of the, the, the youth kind of education side and, and, and that kind of stuff. What does that, what does that sort of look like as far as, you know, is it, is it partnering with schools, with other nonprofits, um, you know, to, to get them involved and, and kind of walk through that or, or how does that typically kind of, you know, work, I guess, throughout the, the year? Yeah, it's schools, it's with other nonprofits, it's with community groups. So people request um, a bicycle or traffic safety education um, from us. I One thing we've noticed over the years, I think before I was on um, at BCM, a lot of the work was a classroom presentation in a school. So going in and talking to a classroom for 30 minutes about traffic safety education, about bike safety. And what we've seen a really major shift over the last several years is for on-bike and more experiential skills building, which I think would argue is more impactful and and longer lasting than talking at somebody, but actually giving them the opportunity to get on a bike and learn. So we do that at schools. Um, There's a thing called bike bike rodeo. If you've heard of that, you sort of make a like in a parking lot, a mock traffic um, system where there's Ah. stop stop signs and turns and maybe some obstacles. And um, the kids run through this um, road course (laughs) and (laughs) learn uh, how to yield, how to stop, how to signal, how to manage your bike if you run into something in the road. But it's contained in this really safe space and an enclosed like parking lot. So that's something we get more and more requests for, um, which are so much fun. It's total chaos, but all the kids are really learning and they're, uh, you know, they're stopping and letting each other go and they're using their hand signals and they're learning how to ride and and manage their bike in a really safe way. Uh, So that's really grown. And we do a lot of that at schools or a community group, um, a YMCA or boys and girls club, um, hosting those type of activities. Yeah, that's cool. And the, the, the bike rodeo or whatever that you mentioned, um, is, is super interesting to me, you know, especially since obviously, you know, one of the, the, the reason for the organization is to kind of get more people out on bikes, whether it be transportation, or everything else like that. But, you know, that's, a, that's a great point. You know, there, there's a, there is a, you know, a proper way to, you know, handle traffic if, if you are on a bike and there's also, um, you know, don't be a jerk. And if you're the one in the car and there's a bike out there, cause I know mm-hmm. that happens a lot too, but to me, it seems like, you know, having something kind of at the school level or community level, you know, with, with the youth in that sense, um, and, and showing, Hey, this is how you, this is how you yield hand signals, all that kind of stuff that you just mentioned it seems like that would almost also make the parents feel more comfortable to let their, their kid, um, you know, participate and, and, and ride by bike. And maybe they're not as, as worried if they were. So it sounds like there's kind of, um, a a sort of maybe a larger effect with that. I, I mean, that's the idea. You know, we've, we've been trying for a long time to get traffic safety education as a requirement in schools here in Maine. It is not. So these are really schools that opt in to provide this training and this skill building. Um, And you can imagine there's a number of schools who have the capacity and the ability to opt in and have a teacher community that can really own it and take it and run with it. And a lot of schools that don't have those types of resources. So right now it is really an opt in. And we have the teachers for the community ones. Um, you know, there's a lot more parents there. 
Uh, and I do think that can together build um, some trust in it, to build some enjoyment of it, to share that, and also expand out. So can we then work with the school on a safe routes to school program of helping to ensure there are ways that kids could bike or walk to school and maybe they do them together on a day. So it's, you know, lots of people going together and they can do that safely or identify where some of the challenges are. Um, I'm on my local bike ped committee and we are looking right now, a new school was built. And so how can we, how can we build some bike ways that allows students from one side of town to get to the school with uh, safely and avoiding some of the, you know, bigger, scarier roads that are out there. So we hope it does generate a larger conversation and interest in building safe communities so more kids could bike or walk to school. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we know that, you know, the numbers have just dropped precipitously of who used to bike and walk to school and how many now do. I mean, I remember bike walking to school as a, an elementary school, and I think there's very few people who do that now. So can we build back some of that support system and interest in uh, having a way of kids to be able to um, transport themselves safely? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's cool to be able to think about that. And, and, you know, you mentioned the drop down on that. You know, it seems like uh, even outside of how kids get to school, it seems like hardly any kids ride the school bus anymore. It's it's their parents yeah. taking them directly there. So um, and so so it's cool to kind of, you know, help kind of shift the, the community or the area's kind of mindset in that. And but not just but giving them kind of a foundation to help that where it's not like, Oh, Hey, we need more kids on bikes. Go out here. It's like, Hey, this is how you ride a bike. Let's let now let's like how to, um, you know, get more kids out there in that sense. So, and, and that kind of ties into, you know, you mentioned like the new school, how you look at, you know, safe routes and that kind of stuff. And of course, different, uh, local communities within, um, or within the state, you know, working for, you know, safer, uh, you know, biking and walking paths and that kind of stuff how how do you go about that part and and the reason i ask because you know with that obviously as you mentioned you know that might take building a, a sidewalk or expanding a road so there's a bike lane and that kind of stuff which i would imagine could sometimes be a challenge depending on what's already there on the road or buildings or, or whatever that might be so i guess what what is the approach i guess that you all usually take to do something that um you know, might, might be a little bit more of a, a challenge in that sense. Well, you know, when you're looking at your own community, um, in, in a lot of ways that action starts very, very locally. So I mentioned our community spokes program and, um, building a network of people around you who also care about these issues. So, is there a bike ped committee that already exists in your community? A lot of cities have them or a lot of communities have them and they're not officially part of the city, but you might be able to get to that at some point. Um, but connecting with people who also care about this, parents, students, you know, whoever it might be um, that, that care about safer spaces. I think, you know, the thing we hear the most is the reason people don't bike and walk more is because they don't feel safe on the roads. Cars are going too fast, they're not paying attention, they're distracted, and there isn't a sidewalk or a safe place to be able to be, right? Those That's what's blocking people. Um, and I think when you think about it as a big scale, 
there might be bigger resistance. But if you're bringing it down to your neighborhood level, I think it's pretty safe to say everyone in your neighborhood wants to be safe. (laughs) They want to be able to, you know, take their dog on a walk or, you know, to let their kids run around um, and play in, play in the road or play on a sidewalk or get to a park and be able to play there. And we have, we've abandoned that in a lot of places. So I think the number one thing is to first find like-minded people in your community who also care and be able to connect regularly, think about what your priorities are, what some of the questions you have. And if you have a, a group like us, like the Bicycle Coalition, um, or AARP has incredible resources for bike and walk-friendly communities. But one thing we encourage people to do is what's called a bike audit or a walk audit. And it's a series of questions that you walk around your neighborhood or bike around your neighborhood and identify places where it's safe or feels safe or places where it doesn't feel safe. And you can kind of hone in on where their problem areas are and really start to build there. You know, I'm lucky my town has a bike ped committee that's part of the city. So we are appointed by the city council. We have a city council member that joins us, a public works person, a police officer, that are at all of our meetings. And so we have direct access to the people who are making decisions about this type of infrastructure and what's possible and what isn't possible or what some of the barriers might be. Um, The Bicycle Coalition does, you know, we have a radar gun and we'll go out and do a speed study and to be able to show, yes, people are driving really fast down this road and it's next to a school and that's not acceptable. And so there might be, hopefully there's some community resources too that can help you gather some data, gather some information and be able to take it to your, probably your city council is where you're going to start and say, I don't think this is safe. We need to do better. Um, And it kind of can build from there, right? Then you're, you know, now we're talking about our state legislature putting more funding towards active transportation or building this multi-use path that covers four towns, right? That's a huge project. But if you really start connecting locally, you can kind of build from there. Um, And getting a crosswalk put in is a little easier than getting, um, you know, a sidewalk or a, you know, (laughs) mile multi-use path. So start small, get a couple of wins, build those connections, build that community and build a voice uh, that can get to larger changes. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and it's, you know, you're, it, it's obviously a, a suggestion, but it's, it's kind of backed by like that research and that study of like, hey, this is a problem area. This is the average speed that they're going over or, you know, whatever that stuff. So you're, so you're presenting something that's um, objective in that sense, uh, which, which sounds like really, really helps kind of the case in that. And then another thing that you brought up um, was kind of the inclusivity aspect of it. Um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you personally have had some really great experiences with with group rides and some that are not the same um, or, 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 or uh, some that are good, some are bad. And then also, you know, not only from kind of how people act, I guess, in that sense, there's also you know, uh, depending on the bike and everything like that, it's not necessarily an an inexpensive thing, you know, depending on someone's situation, even though they might want to get involved with it. So how, how do you all try to, you know, kind of break down kind of those barriers from those two kind of aspects to, to, as you mentioned, kind of create a more inclusive kind of, 
uh, biking kind of space or community in that sense? Yeah, I'll start with the, your, your second question. So um, we have a program called uh, Earn a Bike program up in the Bangor area in Maine. And um, the Earn a Bike program is it's set up so people who wouldn't have access to a bike or couldn't otherwise afford one, um, we get bikes donated and people come and they actually fix up those bikes. So we teach them basic bike skills, like mechanic skills on you know putting new brakes on or fixing a flat tire and getting a bike into working condition and then doing some skills building where they have to demonstrate that they can safely ride a bike but at the end of that they walk away with a bike a lock and lights and um you know this is really aimed at people um we, up in bangor we work with the boys and girls club we work with um the homeless shelter we work with a group called welcoming immigrant neighbors and working to try to get more bikes to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford them and probably can't afford a car, right? A lot of folks are using a bike as their only means of transportation, uh, aside from walking. Um, there's another program in the Portland area run by the Gear Hub called Bikes for All Mainers, but the same idea um, of trying to help more people access bikes, but, all, but not just give a bike, give them the skills to be able to ride that bike safely and to do some basic mechanics on it. We also have a fix a bike program that's for people who already have bikes can come and do a you know two hour class again to learn some really big ba basic mechanics. So we call it roadside rescue. So if you find yourself on the side of the road with a flat tire, you can fix that and get yourself somewhere safe and where you need to go. So trying to build some, skills and some access points so people feel more confident in their ability to um, to ride that bike and be safe. Um, we run a, a ride series called Women, Femmes, and Thems that's for all female identifying um, cyclists. And as part of that, sort of before we start this riding season, we do a fix-a-flat clinic. And every time I've run one of those, uh, you know, half or more of the people say things like, I've been riding a bike for 10 years. I've never fixed a flat tire. Wow. I feel so empowered. I feel confident. I feel like I can go on a bike ride and I'm going to get myself out of a situation if something goes wrong. And it's that empowerment that I, that I really love doing. And so connecting with different partners and different groups that serve different folks can help you. You know, we have a set of skills at the Bicycle Coalition that we can bring to um, another organization or another group of people and, and to be able to share that and, and build that confidence and build that skill. Yeah. And that's, you, you know, kind of the, the two different aspects of it, you know, you're giving, you know, someone that, that might want to, that might already have a bike, but they don't have the confidence to necessarily work on it. And, but they also don't have that community initially kind of that biking community. So you're offering that and then building that community. And then for the, for the, uh, for the other programs, you know, where, you know, teach them how to work on it, how to ride, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it seems like that's much more, uh, b beneficial to them rather than saying, Hey, here, here's this bike, like go, you know, go do whatever you got to do with it. But there's almost, you know, they, they gain that appreciation, that, that understanding and learning of, of how to work on it, how to properly ride the etiquette, that kind of stuff, um, to, to build that. So, so both of those kind of, um, ways to kind of make things inclusive in that sense, uh, uh, make a lot of sense. So it sounds like they're definitely really impactful. 
yeah, we want to break down some barriers, right? And there's a lot of different barriers. <laughs> um, a lot of, you know, everyone has their own sort of challenges to be able to access if they are interested in accessing a bike. Um, so any way we can, we're trying to break that down. And we've got a lot more work to do on our own too, but trying different initiatives and, and partnering with lots of organizations around the state um, to connect with people and show them that this is something they can do. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and you know, you, you've been, uh, you know, with Coalition for, you know, four, four or so years. Um, what is, and obviously there's, there's a ton of awesome stuff that's going on. Is there anything kind of um, in the future that you have might coming up that you might want to share or something that I um, might have forgotten to ask uh, during, during the conversation? Well, I'll share. So the uh, Maine has a climate action plan called Maine Won't Wait. Uh, that has a series of strategies and approaches to reducing our global warming emissions. And I, I sit on the transportation working group for there. Um, and while we're looking at big things like electrifying, you know, the transportation fleet, um, we're really advocating for investments in transit and active transportation. And I was I was diving into um, some data because I generally can't resist if someone gives me a bunch of stuff I got to <laughs> dig into it. Um, and I I learned that U.S. Department of Transportation tracks things like trip distance, like how far people travel in every state. And in Maine, again, a big, low population rural state, sixty percent of every trip taken in Maine is five miles or less. Really? And that, yeah. And it still surprises me that number. I've looked at it a million different times um, and broken it down across the state too. And it holds relatively steady, even the more rural parts of the state. But what that tells me is, and you think about it, like my work is six miles from my house. I've got a grocery store three miles from my house. There's a school less than a mile from my house. So when you start to think about it, you're like, yeah, I guess a lot of my trips are close by. There are many people who commute much longer distances, but chances are there are a lot of trips in your daily, weekly life that are short. Can we replace those both to you know, reduce pollution, reduce global warming emissions, but increase health, increase yeah. activity, right? We are... We spend way too much time in our cars and sitting down. And if you can embed activity in just your daily routine, it's hugely beneficial. Beneficial, And so that's something that we're really leaning into as Maine continues to uh, set out our strategy and plan for meeting its climate action goals is the active transportation opportunities are big in the state and we, we could do so much more. That's yeah. my cat meowing. I don't know. If he's <laughs> <laughs> We're welcome to all guests. So, you know, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, uh, it was just kind of emphasizing kind of how stark that number is, you know, with the such short uh, distance that over half of the people, you know, have to commute to, um, you know, those are things that, you know, you don't really think about, I feel like, you know, especially if you're in a, in a localized area, um, and depending on how dense that area is too, it might be more of a pain in the butt to find parking or, you know, go through traffic and, and everything like that than it would be to hop on a bike and, and go get to where you need to go. So, um, that's yeah, definitely, I, would say, I mean, for better or worse, the prospect of having to find parking is often what convinces the final thing that convinces me to get on my bike. 
<laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't blame you there. I don't blame you there. Um, that's no, that, that, that's interesting though, but it, but it's, you know, once again, kind of looking at it in all different areas, you know, like you said, there's the environmental area, but also the health benefits that, that helps your personal life, your work life, whatever, you know, relationships, just cause you're healthier and kind of in a better mood and, and getting fresh air and, and exercise. Mm-hmm. So um, it, that's, that's really cool that it, this all kind of wraps together with, um, with that. So definitely some, some exciting stuff there. Um, so, so kind of with that, you know, one thing I always like to ask our guests is kind of one piece of advice that, um, that they can take away fr- from the episode. And I feel like what you all are doing kind of with coalition, there's so many different kind of avenues and, and, and things, but, but some new things that I've heard too, as well as, as far as, um, you know, the different school programs with, with teaching the proper etiquette on bikes and going through traffic and all that stuff. And then obviously the starting at the, the local area, working on, you know, problem areas with crosswalks and speed and, and everything like that. If, if you had to pick kind of, I guess this is a chicken or the egg type of question, but if, if, you know, somebody's listening to this in Missouri or Virginia or wherever, and maybe there's not a local program like that already, or maybe it's not very advanced if it is, um, where would you say to start to kind of make that that bigger impact? Would it be going like having those relationships with the schools and other organizations and, and doing programs such as that to kind of get that overall um, community kind of comfortability and parent uh, making the, the parents more comfortable? Or would it be starting at that local, hey, my neighborhood and that start slowly expanding out? What do you think kind of would help gain steam faster, I guess, um, in those two strategies? I would say, you know, do the one that makes you excited or makes you more comfortable. Um, as you're talking, I was thinking about this this phrasing of the the power of an invite, right? When someone invites you to do something or invites you to be part of something, um, it can open up a connection or an activity or a world that you didn't know you had access to. And if you think about your advocacy kind of in that space of a power of an invite of, Hey, I'm worried about the speeding in this neighborhood. Would you like to help me (laughs) address that? Right. Or, Hey, I'd like to go on a walk. Would you like to go with me or a bike ride? And that can open up a connection, whoever it might be. And you, maybe you start with the person that's sort of most comfortable to you that they're nearby, or you might already have a relationship with, or, um, I've got this incredible little shop in my town. That's an electric bike cafe. (laughs) So you can get a breakfast sandwiches and a cup of coffee and, um, sit around and, and look at cool bikes. Um, (laughs) but I meet really interesting people there just by being at this little cafe. And so, you know, is there a gathering space and you can take uh, notice that somebody walked in or biked in and just say, hi, you know, I am or, or somebody you might already know and you've never talked about these issues. Um, but that simple act of asking a question or asking for some help, uh, I think goes such a long way. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I love that. And, and especially kind of, as you mentioned, kind of the power of an invite and kind of shifting it that way, you know. It, it could simply be something as, you know, it, it's something important to you, but no one else is talking about it. But that doesn't mean that those people aren't also thinking about that. So somebody kind of just needs to start that conversation, create that invite in the sense and kind of, you know, start working their way towards, you know, that, that goal. So I think, I think that's awesome. So 
to that point, where um, where can people find you online um, if they're local in your area, get involved, um, or just get inspired for their for their own community as well? Yeah, the Bicycle Coalition of Maine, we're bikemaine.org. And you can find out about our events, our activities, ways to volunteer and get involved. We are doing, in the winter months, we do um, a biweekly webinar series that we bring on different folks to talk about um, biking, walking, um, advocacy. We had, we've just had some incredible folks talking about, you know, trips through Iceland and other people talking about building a trail in, in Gorham, Maine. So it's a, it's a wide variety, but it's a fun way in the summer to, or excuse me, over the winter to stay connected when we're likely not riding as much, but bikemaine.org has um, everything you need to know. We've got an event calendar up there and lots of ways to get involved. And yeah, we'd love anybody inside or outside of Maine to connect with us. Awesome. Well, everybody definitely make sure um, uh, you check them out as, as you heard kind of a, a good story and not only that, but definitely some, some kind of powerful and unique kind of perspectives of kind of changing the the bicycle community um, in Maine and all that you're doing. So I appreciate, you know, you sharing your story um, and everything that you all are up to, and I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks so much. This has been really fun. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.